0: Thank you. What's up everybody? We are back. Welcome to the second annual Real Chronicles Fantasy Movie Draft. Today we are covering twenty eighteen. And today I am joined with two members of the League of the Cinephiles. I am joined with Alex. How are you doing, Alex?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: And Hunter, how are you doing, Hunter?
2: I'm doing very well today, especially now that I get to use my fantasy football experience to uh, another level.
0: Yeah, this, this, this is the reason that I created this. I feel like fantasy football runs from July to December. I feel like there's, a, there's something missing. And I think this is like the perfect way to blend both movies and, and our knowledge of fantasy. So we are doing 2018 film year. What that means is that we are going to be drafting a few categories. We're going to be looking at blockbusters. We're going to be looking at horror, comedy, musical, action, drama, flex, and sequel. You don't have to draft In that order, you can pick a movie in whatever category you want. Once that movie is chosen, it is officially out of contention. So, with that, an example of that, if Hunter picks avengers avengers infinity war no one else can pick avengers infinity war the rest of the draft at the end of this i will collect everyone's draft and we will be posting it on social media for everyone to vote on who had the best draft of the three so before we we've we've started recording i did a randomizer to see who gets the first pick hunter wins that number one prestigious pick and with the first pick, will he pick Christian McCaffrey? Who will he pick?
1: Ah, I was actually gonna make that joke. I'm not even <laughs> right. I was about to make that joke. You stole a joke from the end, Dave. Come on. Yeah.
2: I will take I would like I would love a Christian McCaffrey yeah. on here. That <laughs> As is very nice.
0: Christian McCaffrey in twenty nineteen, not twenty twenty.
1: Exactly. yeah.
2: That oh, was yeah. That kind of a bust yeah. there. Yeah. Right.
0: So what are, what are we looking at for your number one pick? What category category are you looking at right now?
2: All right, hopefully I'm not the Cleveland Browns here, but in the action category with my number one overall pick, I am taking Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse.
0: Not surprised. Okay. That there is you a, go.
2: that is an excellent pick. Yes. Blessing and a Curse to have the number one pick, but I got the movie I wanted right off the bat, so hopefully that'll kick off some success.
0: Alex, we are going to you. What is your category and what is your movie?
1: Yeah, so uh, great pick with Spider Verse. Spider Verse is a great film, um, but I'm gonna go for something. The 2018. I'm gonna go for an action movie beca- as well because number one, Hunter just took one of the options, and number two because uh, there aren't a lot that I'm super in love with. But I'm gonna go for the one that I could see that everyone is kind of over the mood about, and that's uh, Mission Impossible Fallout.
0: That's a great choice. I mean,
1: I mean, goodness gracious, I mean. It's, I mean, it's the sixth film in the franchise. Franchises usually, you know, get worn out by this point. But Mission Impossible Fallout just, you know, kicked it up a notch. Do um,
0: you do you think it's the best one of the bunch?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. I don't think it's particularly close either. Um, that's not, I don't want to throw shade at the other ones, but, like, this one's just on another level. The stunts and then the music. The I thought Henry Cavill was great. I thought Angela Bassett was great. I thought, you know, the usual suspects, like, Alec Baldwin, you know Ving Reigns, et cetera. They were great as well, but um, yeah, I thought. I mean, it's obviously it's one of the best action films of the decade. So I've gotta go. Mission Impossible: Fallout.
0: Awesome. So for me, I am going to go back to back here with two MCU films. So Ooh, in the action, in the action category, I am going to go with Black Panther. Hmm. Then I'm going yeah, to am I'm, go. yeah. I'm, I'm going to bring it back with the blockbuster and go Avengers: Infinity War okay so yeah. i I stack myself up to a point where i can just play around with the other categories and not just pick on brand names and kind of go on more in more smaller independent films that i made that i love from that year so those are my two picks alex we're going back to you
1: awesome okay so i'm gonna go for a it's kind of hard to tell with this one because it's kind of in multiple genres but um, I'm going to go with Black Klansman for this one. For Ooh. comedy, is that... Yeah, is you could use that incredible? as a comedy. Yeah, you could use that okay, as a comedy. Cool. cool. Um, sure. But yeah, Black Klansman is actually my favorite Spike Lee film. I, I I, mean, I love Do the Right Thing. I actually love Defy Bloods as well. But the Black, Klansman, Black Klansman is my favorite from his. I think the store itself is just so fascinating. I think the editing is great. I think the music is great. I think the acting is great. You know, everyone from John David Washington... To uh, Adam Driver, of course, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and then even like smaller guys in supporting roles, like Paul Walter Hauser, who got his name out there, and now he's you know one of the best up and coming coming actors. And then, uh, geez, I'm forgetting the guy's name. The Finnish actor who plays the um, who plays the uh. white supremacist in the film. He was also in the Defy Bloods. I'm forgetting his name, but the fact that he's a Scandinavian guy playing like a deep Southern like white supremacist guy, his performance is extraordinary to me in that aspect of the film. And the yeah, it's just amazingly directed. I think I think the screenplay is tremendous. So gotta go Black Klansman.
0: That's a great pick. Oh.
1: Yes. Take it.
0: Hunter. Oh. Take it all over. All right.
2: I'm gonna shift over to comedy or sorry, no, 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 sorry. To sequel. To sequel. Nice. Sequel, sequel here. I gotta cover my bases here. I'm going with the movie that is beloved as a sequel. It's beloved as all it was actually one of the more uh, out of blue ones that people love that is paddington 2 nice like putting that one in the sequel territory yeah.
0: one of the only films that's 100 percent on rt
2: yeah i was like i saw that i was like well there's no way i cannot have that movie on my team here that's an mvp candidate at the moment
0: you picked up the what who would you say the uh, Lamar Jackson of the bunch? Lamar Jackson who knows, <laughs>
2: yeah, comes into the year you don't know, and then during like week eight, you are like, "Holy cow, this guy's an MVP!" I exactly,
0: and yeah. you are you are bringing it back. You got the next pick as well,
2: which is very nice. Here, I finally get to go where I want to go. So for I am gonna hit up for Blockbuster. I need to cover my base there. This movie. Was actually really successful. It's the fourth time this movie has been made. It's one of the best versions. It is a Star is Born, starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Okay, I'm going to dispute uh, this.
0: this. Well, so this the only. It made over yeah, so the, made a lot of money. So that's your criteria for Blockbuster. As long as it domestic oh, gross it's, was over 100 million, okay. you can throw it in Blockbuster.
1: Okay. Yeah. Got it. Is I thought it was more so like like the money, the budget for the film rather than how much it makes. But okay. sorry, you can go ahead. Yeah. It...
0: Hunter, I think you are on yeah, mute.
1: Yeah, your audio. I'm glad it wasn't just me. I thought something wrong was wrong with my AirPods.
0: So while Hunter is fixing his audio, what was your defense on Star Born? So I
1: was just going to say, I mean, I love the film. I love the film. However, I didn't even think of it as a blockbuster because if that's the case, then you could say like the Blair Witch Project is a blockbuster Mm -hmm. because it made millions of dollars off of, you know, a tight budget. Yeah, I
0: I I, that's why I wanted to put it over 100 million just because there there are a few films that you wouldn't expect to be like Arrival just crossed over 100 million went back in 2016 so then you could yeah. c- categorize as a blockbuster uh hunter are you back
2: uh hopefully am i yep. good now you yes. are good All now
0: right. yo so i i'll say i love you i love you able to maneuver that into the blockbuster category instead of putting it in the drama so that good strategy on that one
2: well, it's also there was the Infinity War, the Black Panthers, the Mission Impossibles, and the Blockbusters. Like I know those are gonna go high and they deservedly really should. So it's like I gotta find something that I can maybe I can get in the later rounds. And I'm I'm happy a star is born was still available.
0: Nice. All right. How are we gonna combat combat this, Alex? What do you got?
1: Yeah, well I'm gonna combat it with the film I thought Hunter was gonna pick first, but I guess I guess not. I'm gonna go for a drama here. I'm gonna go for the favorite, which was one of my favorite films of twenty eighteen. And um, Dave and I were kind of talking about this before the show. We were talking about how period pieces are a bit hit or miss for us. You know, some of them can be dreadfully kind of dull, but the favorite kind of diverts from that. I remember going into the favorite very cautious because of these pre preconceptions, but I had a great time with the film. I think the acting is tremendous. I have no problem with Olivia Colman winning that Oscar. I think Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz are great. I think the chemistry between all three kind of saves the film. Yorgos Lanthimos's direction is awesome. He has his own kind of unique style, like with those like fishbowl kind of shots and the lighting in the film and kind of the overall tone, like the, the very dull and like not black and white necessarily, but it kind of has that feel that it, it, it's a very, it's a very uniquely kind of like the aesthetics are very unique for the film, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And then I forgot to mention the music, which is also. Yeah. So. And
0: like you, you were mentioning it before, I think what costume period of pieces it's such a hit or miss thing for me like and, and it was a two year in a row because I love the favorite and I love Yorgos as a director so I knew I was going to get something different and then we could follow the next year with Portrait 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 of a Lady on Fire which I adore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so back to back years but yeah Yorgos, Yorgos is hit or miss I remember seeing The Lobster at New York Film Festival yeah I'm not a fan and uh, yeah. my, my fiance my wife who was my fiance at the time she sat there next to me and she was just like what did you just make me watch and I'm like well, I, I dug it. I dug it. She didn't even bother with killing of a sacred deer. And I don't think she would have liked it either, but the favorite she actually really did enjoy for, it was such a completely different type of film. So great, great choice on your end. So for comedy, I'm glad none of you guys picked this. It was act, my comedy choice is my actual favorite film of 2018. And that is. Bo Burnham's Eighth Grade.
2: Ooh, that was that was high on my list. I was hoping it would fall down, but I knew someone would probably pick it up.
0: So that film, it's actually my favorite A24 film as well. There's so much about that film that I can talk about. The main thing that I look at it, um, I make a recommendation. I like of parents, friends of mine, that our parents, they always ask for a recommendation since they have to watch movies at home with their kids and all that stuff. So I suggested to a parent, uh, friend of mine watch eighth grade and they're like oh what is it about i'm like well essentially as a for your daughter it'll be a nice coming of age story for a parent it is the quintessential horror film for a parent <laughs> so, it is so it that movie touches it's so beautiful on so many levels and it touches adolescent but the difficulties of being a parent and it's stuck with me ever since i saw it and uh every time i watch it i enjoy it even more and then The Direction and Bo Burnham just does such a fantastic job. And that screenplay pisses me off to this day that that film won WGA and it couldn't even get an Oscar nomination. Well, we have Green Book winning screenplay when that film could easily have won screenplay at the Oscars. So that is my comedy choice, eighth grade. Now it gets a little harder for me here. Let's see. So no one's picked this yet, but I think... Yeah, I think I'm going to go with this. So for horror, I am going to go with Hereditary. There
1: oh. you go. I'm going to pick mine.
0: What happened?
1: I, sorry, I have one that's very special to me that I really want to talk about. And But go ahead. Sorry. You got you to gotta pick it if you want to talk about it.
0: So I <laughs> I think I know what it may be. And if it's dealing with my favorite horror franchise of all time. Um, don't th-
1: worry, don't worry, don't worry. That's also <laughs> on my list, but I'll save that one
0: for later. Um. So yeah, Hereditary. I I remember. I I'm the type of person that I know when a horror movie is based for guys like us, like true cinephiles, true studiers of the art, and someone that wants to go see and enjoy the Bye Bye Man. So when mm-hmm. I when I when I saw the trailer to Hereditary, I'm like, okay, this is really really solid. And I had heard from a buddy of mine who got a screener who was, well, when you could go to the movies, um, went to see, and he's like, you're going to be blown away by Tony Collette. I'm like, okay. All right. I'm in, I'm in. Not only was I blown away by the atmospheric horror of that film and Tony Collette's performance, but the sheer shock of some of the moments in that film. And you know exactly what moment I, I'm not going to spoil, but when that moment happened in the film, I, (laughs) I love it because I did not, you, it's great when you don't expect it, but you don't expect it in that, particular portion of the movie it reminds me of, it's very hitchcockian in terms of you're going to pull out a shocker within the first maybe 35 minutes of the movie and that hits so well overall the movie just leaves you thinking and i i felt like it disgusted by the end of it like what did mm-hmm. i just watch and that's credit to everyone on board and then you gotta give you gotta give credit where credit is due. I mean, Tony Colette's performance outside of her and Lupita Nyong'o are the two of the best two of the best female performances of the decade. And mm-hmm. yeah, hereditary is my choice for horror. Alex, you are up.
1: Gosh. Oh, there's so many I wanna pick from. So many that I love. And the one I'm thinking of, it's gonna fit in the Flex category. But I feel like do I wanna save that category for later? But at the same time,
0: Remember when I you draft like, your fantasy football, you always do flex yeah. last.
1: And I'm always, I'm also thinking of like, you know, what your viewers, you know, what the the voters really what, yeah. what are you guys gonna what are you guys gonna enjoy And so, I feel like this film has not everyone has seen it, but the following it's gotten and the people who have seen it absolutely love it and that's uh not you be my neighbor.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, documentary,
1: oh. so it'll be in my flex spot. But Won't You Be My Neighbor is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It will change your life. And I don't, that that's something I don't say very lightly. It's actually the, it's my, it was my introduction to Mr. Rogers. And after I watched the documentary, like my dad told me all about him and, you know, how he watched him when he was, when he was a kid. And yeah, it just kind of changed my life. And then, so when I was applying to college, like I, I wrote, I don't even know how many essays about mr rogers himself and how he's an idol to me and yeah so the documentary means a lot to me i mean i just can't get over the fact that mr rogers is basically the perfect human being and the film details that in such a such a kind of tear-jerking way so uh yeah won't be my Name Is my pick for my fuck spot
0: so i i love that pick that was actually i was i'm an old man here i was like seven years old the first time i saw mr rogers and he became like my best friend on television for years so seeing that documentary and the fact that it just doesn't touch on the fact of his life but it touches on the impact that he made on children and society as a whole it really left a really really emotional taste in my mouth ironically i was not a fan of the tom hanks film the following oh. year
1: really oh i love Whoa. that, one. that so
0: I thought the movie was fine but the fact that what the impact of this documentary left for me I would have loved an ex- more of an examination of Fred Rogers as mm-hmm. a person and we didn't get that with, with with the film the documentary was just perfection to me so that that is an excellent pick yeah. on your end All right
2: great time for Mr. Rogers 2018 and 19 huh? Oh yeah and if <laughs> you
0: and if you're interested in living in the Pennsylvania area his house is now for sale for 1.2 million dollars Ooh, that,
2: that would be the most Adam, comfortable house list. ever. Just the spirit <laughs> of Mr. Rogers in my house. All right, Hunter, you are up. Do I get my two picks in a row this time? Yes, sir. It's been, you know, about three years since I last picked, but <laughs> I, I, I get the two picks I want. So I'm going to head over to drama here because I haven't uh, hit that one up yet. This is the movie that everybody wanted to win Best Picture, but it didn't win Best Picture oh, black and white God. all the way from Netflix oh. and Mexico. It is Roma, Alfonso we- Cuarón.
0: <laughs> 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 we just had a discussion before you came on about Roma.
2: Roma is one of the best movies of the year. I'm not going to say best movie ever, but like this movie is a director's showcase for Alfonso Cuarón. You just read the, pa- like, read the synopsis of it, you're like, that is so boring of a movie, but Alfonso Cuarón his direction makes it one of the most entertaining and like emotionally impactful movies of the year. Like that ending scene on the beach. I cried during, and I was like, this is, this is the <laughs> showcase right
0: here. So Alex, this,
1: this is it.
0: you want to tell Hunter what you think about Roma?
1: <laughs> Let me just say, you cried during the beach scene. I can't remember any of that moment. That was being such a emotionally great scene. That impactful. is like, uh, I mean, uh, the girl uh, almost dies or the, bo- I can't remember who almost drowns. And that's about, and then she saves them.
2: And and then that's they, it, they all come I don't understand how
1: that's it. I'm sorry but I it's just especially um, surprising considering Hunters told me he never cries during movies. So I'm like the one movie you do is Roma? Okay.
2: Oh, I've done okay. it to Roma and Little Women and um oh onward. the last couple like I'm getting I'm getting older more sentimental out here. I'm getting you know 22 years cry. old old.
0: I'm the same. Okay. I'm the same way. Like I, I, when I was younger, I didn't. I never cried in movies. Now, with yeah. I, I, I'm a ball for anything. Like it's funny. I when I was a kid, one of my favorite Spielberg films is ET. I don't know if you guys mm. are into that, so, but every time I watch that film, towards the end of that movie, when he's saying goodbye to everybody, and with John Williams' fucking epic score playing behind it, it I am an emotional wreck watching Two that films, movie.
1: Actually, I cried during a lot of movies, but. I mean, La La Land. Oh, no. obviously, Yeah, same. same.
0: Yeah. Brokeback Mountain.
1: Right. Broke back Mountain for me. Um, and then one that's actually surprising, Bridges of Madison County, which mm. is one that gets me every time, actually. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead, Hunter.
2: Yeah, you're. Oh, up yeah, again. I Roma is a great pick for me. I'm actually surprised none of you even like considered. We weren't even. It, you really.
1: could have picked it last. Yeah, you <laughs> could
2: have picked it last. There's, I,
0: I, I remember. I remember getting so much shade uh, in 2018 about this because. You know, I'm Cuban, I'm Latino. They're like you. You know, you have this this representation, and you're not really a fan. I'm like, man, I'd rather watch paint dry than watch Roman. Wow! Again,
2: <laughs> it, again it, it's it's a boring movie on paper, but through Alfonso Cuarón, it's one of the best movies. It is a technic- It
0: is, I it is a beautifully made film. The cinematography huh? of that film is fantastic. The direction is fantastic. But if I never watch it, and mind you, I own it on I own it on Criterion because I own all the Best Picture really? nominees. But it's wow. it's honestly just gonna sit there and look pretty because the cover is the best part about that entire movie.
2: Well, it also goes to show that I picked Roma here, and nobody has picked Green Book, and I don't know if you guys will. If you could, if you uh, will, no, you can't. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm yeah, gonna, see, there yeah. that, that kind of shows you a little. Do
1: you want me to say it? Green Book is actually my favorite movie of the year. In 2018. Yeah, but not you're not even, gonna pick
2: it. I'm not you gonna pick why. it. You know why. I'm Not gonna
1: pick it because nobody's gonna vote for me. Exactly. So, but I'm just gonna get that out wants there. To
2: like Green I'm just Book.
1: Get that out there.
0: And it's funny. I, I actually don't. I like Green Book just fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just think it was just released at the wrong year, the wrong time, and it's just mm-hmm. a bit tone deaf. But Mahershala's performance is fantastic. in yeah, Green
1: Book. I just, I, 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 I saw it during Christmas time. I saw it with my. I saw it with like one of my, um. Like a family friend, and it was like it was snowing, stuff, so, in there, there were a bunch of old people there. And I like old people because you know, it's cozy to be around old people, I guess. Yeah. And I just saw the film, and I was just like, especially the end, I just felt good. That was, much, but
0: that was the year that I wished for chaos at the Oscars, where like Bohemian Rhapsody would have won Best Picture or something like
1: that. <laughs> oh, let's not go that uh, far. Let's not go no, that I far.
2: I just, just like Alex, I saw it with a bunch of old people around Christmas time. This is when the film was picking up Golden Globe nominations, mm-hmm. a couple nominations, and the momentum was building, and then the old people were eating it up. And I was like, oh, God, this I is I said winning. this to you this on one winning. of our
1: first Cinemars episodes, Hunter. I said this, and this is a direct quotation from when I responded to you. Those are my people.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I, I walked out of that theater, and I was like, oh, God, this is winning Best Picture. I mean, it's a good movie. I am not saying it's a bad movie. It is a good movie, but, like, you know, I, don't I know.
0: I'm curious to your thoughts before we move on to your next pick. I am um... – I'm trying outside of collecting all the best picture nominees. I'm actually trying to buy and own physical copies of every best picture winner. So I only need I only need 15. So this week I recently watched Driving Miss Daisy for like the first time in like 15 years.
1: Mm. It's a
0: bad winner. That's not and Do the Right Thing wasn't nominated. We can bypass the controversy. Do you think it's a bad movie? Just curious.
1: I like it.
2: Or do you
0: think it's just fine?
2: Okay, so I
1: don't know. Yeah, I thought it was good. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but I thought it was perfectly fine. Yeah, Did, I, one best picture, probably not, but yeah, I thought it was
0: fine. Yeah, same here. I watch it and I'm like, to me, my best picture winner of that lineup is Born on the Fourth of July. I think that's mm. Tom Cruise's best performance. I think he is mm-hmm. incredible in that. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen, but I'm not one of those that think it's the worst thing since sliced bread because there really wasn't a clear-cut frontrunner. Like, if we go back to 2010... That king speech social network thing, I will fight people on this king speech uh, uh, social network debate because social network mm. is incredible for me. But, uh, <laughs> all right, Hunter, you are up again.
2: All right. Well, you took the number one pick in horror, which is expected. I actually didn't expect to get it uh, to fall this low. But, this is one of the movies that was underrated at the theaters hmm. what actually got sold out of theaters to Netflix and is annihilation nice and great great mind, choice great choice from 2018 I saw in a theater with one other person no idea who they were but it is a scary and very imaginative way to adapt a novel into a horror movie yep I'm very much a fan of Natalie Portman one of her finest performances Alex Garland is blowing you away with visuals you got anything and everything within that, uh, what do you call it, the wild zone, I think yeah. that's what they call it. Yeah.
0: Do you prefer, because I, I remember watching Ex Machina with Alex Garland there with a Q and a after, mm-hmm. and I was just like, mm-hmm. his mind is like, he's a genius. Do you prefer mm-hmm. Annihilation to Ex Machina, or they're both like that's, right up there?
2: That is a very close call to make. Mm-hmm. I would say Ex Machina, just I really love that movie for what it does in one location for only three people and how tense that movie is, but... Annihilation is right up there. Yep.
1: Don't forget Oscar Isaac's dancing scene. Yeah.
2: Yes, oh, yes. <laughs> and I, that is also I should have like, said that. I, I think I actually. see
1: that on my Instagram feed once a week, and then oh, every yeah. time I never scroll, I'm always like, you know, you know, I could, I could, I could, you know, use some Oscar Isaac dancing to and we songs and we night. all
0: and we all know Alicia Vikander won the Oscar for that movie, not the Danish girl. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: I like her in the Danish girl, but yes, it is a, it is an X mock and a consolation Oscar. Oh yeah.
0: All right, Alex, you're up. You you had a smile on your face.
2: Yes. Yeah. He, so, he, he made sure I didn't pick it.
1: Let me just say, um, I haven't seen Annihilation. I think that's the only one that we've discussed that I haven't seen yet. I've, I, I've seen Ex Machina, but not Annihilation. But I'm going to pick one that might not get me a ton of votes, but it's one that I feel really passionate about because I do think it's extremely underrated. And it, does, do thrillers count for horror? Or, yeah.
0: Yeah, you could okay. do that.
1: So I'm going to go with Bad Times at the El Royale.
0: Oh, I wow. hate that movie. I mean, that Bad movie Times gets pretty at, scary. Oh,
1: God. You guys hate it? Okay. I, no, I really, like it. I really like it. I like that Times movie. Bad the Royale, which I think is extremely underappreciated. Um, Drew Goddard is a great director. I don't know why he doesn't direct more because I thought Cabin in the Woods was great as well. But uh, Bad Times at the Royale, the cast is amazing. I think the, the soundtrack, it's all full of um, a lot of 50s and 60s music. A lot of it comes from um, Black musicians, specifically Black women. So it's a, a lot of the songs I had no idea, you know, what they were fra- what they were, who the artists were, because obviously, you know, they're kind of artists that aren't kind of, you know, um, in the in a lot of the limelight when you think of '50s, '60s musical artists. And the soundtrack is a big part of the film. I, I loved it. I, Jeff Bridges was awesome. I thought that. Uh, who else is in that? Cynthia Erivo, Dakota Johnson, Chris Hemsworth is like a cult leader. Yeah. I thought it was a ton of fun. I love a good like thrill. I love a good like murder mystery type type concept. So I gotta go with that for my horror. But I'd be uh I, I'd be curious to see why Dave isn't too big on it.
0: Um, it felt it felt like a poor man's Quentin Tarantino film. Like if QT wanted to make a movie like this, he probably could and not make it almost three hours. I think there's uh there's it's the cinematography is really solid. The production design is really solid. There are part, there are aspects of it I do enjoy, but I think the runtime for me just really took everything off of me. It, it, sometimes, like it's, it's. There's an old line from a, uh, I don't know if you guys are into wrestling, Vince McMahon. He says it's not about what the product is it's about how you get there how the end hits and for me the end just didn't hit for, at all so that on top of the length of the film i've just i've i own it because i see i seem to buy every fucking movie no matter what um so i just never i've never gone back to it
2: you are you are right it's like a quentin tarantino movie but it's it's it doesn't have that energy of a quentin tarantino movie no, it doesn't even It is, which I still like that the movie is slowed down. It's got a lot of everybody's best performance in years. Like, Jeff Bridges is actually amazing in that movie. Mm -hmm. And it, it really takes its time to play out the whole mystery, give every character something. But yeah, I mean, going back to Drew Goddard, I mean... I think the reason he doesn't make movies is none of his movies make money, even though they should. This should have made
0: this should have made a lot of money with everyone that was in.
2: This one made literally, I mean, little money, even though it should have. But it was just released in a very crowded time of the year. Yeah, October. Yeah, like we had the Stars Born at that
1: time. I know this is important, but the poster for Bad Times at the Royale is badass. Sick. It's a great poster. It's awesome. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's sick. I think that was a. One of the last times, because I've noticed that I don't know if this is a Disneyfication of movie posters nowadays. Oh, yeah, right. nowadays it's just a movie title with everyone on oh. it, rather than a oh traditional movie poster. God. I, I, I,
2: you could
1: oh You could
2: lay every Marvel poster on top of each other, and thank they would be you. the same thing. You're so
1: right, thank they, you for saying some that. Some of them look good, you're but so some of them, right. Yeah, it's 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 become an eyesore for me. I no, mean, I'm the they, same they way. They all I'm, look pretty. They do. Yeah. Like they all look pretty, but.
0: Like, for me, like, you look, I'm looking at your, because for those listening, we are on camera, your Sunset Boulevard poster, it's perfection, and it actually, it it, it makes you want to watch the movie. Sometimes, I remember when I was a kid, and I used to go to this ancient ancient thing called the video store, and that's how you used to decide what I'm going to rent for that Friday or Saturday night, the box art cover, and then you have... I remember um the first time I saw Sleepaway Camp. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Sleepaway Camp. So the box art covers will sold me on the movie. It has a incredibly popular horror twist, movie ending twist, but what sold me was that there was no social media, there was no Rotten Tomatoes, there was nothing. It was all about the box art. Like nowadays the posters don't matter. They just like want to sell every fucking superstar that's yeah. on it. So I I'm with you on that. Um all right, so that's it's up to me now. All right, cool. Yeah. So I'm almost out of dramas, and I am. I love this movie. I love this director. This this movie will not get me any votes whatsoever, but it's okay. Um, drama. I went with Damien Chazelle's First Man.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, I mean, you would get my no. vote for that,
1: not I, mine. I oh, that
2: is that movie got disrespected. So at that disrespected, for no good reason.
0: It's. I, I'm gonna start off by saying it is the best score of the year.
2: Oh yeah, it won the Golden whoa, Globe, whoa, whoa, and, and whoa. then it got.
1: Okay, Beal Street go. has Nicholas Bertel. That's and a good Steel Street. Can talk it's a good to score. So I'm yeah, about that. A uh, good Beale score.
2: Street is a good number two. It is a good number two.
0: I I I saw the um I saw First Man on IMAX in New York, and mm. the landing sequence on that yeah. giant IMAX stream with Justin Hurwitz score is. One of the best experiences of watching a movie in a theater. It is incredible. Now, the movie, I understand why certain people dislike it. It is a very cerebral character study. But if you really look at all the Chazelle's films, they all, all are cerebral character studies about obsession. In Whiplash, you have, I forgot what his name is, Miles Teller's character. He is obsessed with becoming lead drummer. In La La Land, you have Sebastian and Mia, their obsession to become an actress and an and own this jazz club. And then here you have uh, Armstrong's obsession with bec- going to the moon. So they all deal with obsession. It's just this one is the most grounded version of that story. But for me, I, I, I love everything Chazelle does. And I, I know, as you can see by Hunter and Alex's reaction, some love it, some don't. But I'm curious, mm-hmm. Alex, why don't you like First Man?
1: Honestly, um, so I don't dislike it. I think it's a good movie, but Whiplash and La La Land are some of the best films ever made, in my opinion. I agree. And I don't think that First Man even touches them uh in any aspect really i think that ryan gosling is very dry in the role uh, again i have to rewatch it but uh i do i, I was kind of underwhelmed by the ensemble cast as well so and it's one of those movie, movies where i can't just a, am just not someone who's very like the film is about the moon landing and the film also was made in 2018 and I feel like, you know, 60 years after the moon landing, I think I've received enough information. I mean, it's just <laughs> a personal thing. Like, like, I'm just, I don't know why they even felt like they needed to make a film about the moon landing over 60 years after it happened. No, necessarily, I get,
2: so. totally understand. I, I could see your points on the character study here, because like you think about Whiplash and Lawland, very interesting characters. Neil Armstrong's kind of a blank slate, and that's just who he was as a person. So that's kind of why Ryan Gosling's a little bit muted in that role. But, I mean, that takeoff and landing scene, I mean, there was a, there was a dad and his kid watching this movie. I could see the kid's eyes. Like, this was a moment for him, that takeoff scene, that launch. And, I yeah. mean, you saw an IMAX. I am very jealous of that. I just saw in regular theater, and I was like, damn. I, the bigger the screen, this would have been like a religious experience seeing that.
0: And I remember the next year, I think it was the next year, when Ad Astra came out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and I saw it on that same IMAX screen but it just didn't have the same impact that First no. Man did they're, Ad
2: Astra is a great movie but yeah First Man's a little better and I think what, what... Ad Astra is
1: not a good movie oh Ad Astra is <laughs> a great
2: movie that was one of my favorites of last I, year, I, I hate 20.
1: that Like, I think First Man is a perfectly fine movie but Ad Astra on the other end I hate that movie a lot man
0: and I also think I mean I, I think it's just fine but First Man what it also does with Neo is that it creates a level of claustrophobia with the audience, when you're in certain aspects of the spaceships that he's in, you feel what he feels, and I think that adds a lot to it. Like I totally get it. He's Neil Armstrong is extremely dry, but that who that is who he was as a person. So it's not like Ryan Gosling is you know not underacting; he's being what he's you know supposed to be. Yeah.
2: All righty. Yeah. yeah. The no, go ahead. The first, first man I just want to say like you got the the claustrophobia and danger. Even though I knew the ending, like they're gonna make it to the moon. I was so tense during that scene. Mm-hmm. I was like you could see like the nuts and bolts like creaking, stuff shaking. I'm like are they going to die doing this even though you you know, you know it's going to yeah. happen, but it was so like scary.
0: I think his next film is going to be more up his fans' alley with Babylon. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm very excited for that. Super excited for that. I think he's going back to his musical roots as well and old Hollywood. I'm a sucker for anything old Hollywood.
1: Yes. And I
0: I was worried because I know Emma dropped because uh, she got pregnant. So... Margot
2: Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yeah yeah, man, yeah, Margot Robbie. yeah. 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 Margot Robbie. I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's
0: fine. Yep, that <laughs> might, we might get Margot, we might get Margot her Oscar. So that, that'll be mm-hmm. wonderful. Cause they, I think they owe Damien a best picture and, uh, another best director. Yes, they because, do. Because yeah. they
1: do owe him that. O- owing him that is a understatement, my friend. Oh yeah.
0: Me, <laughs> yeah. I, I have been on the La La Land train for about five years already and it's never getting off. I think that movie mm-hmm. is perfection. Um, so, yeah, moving on to my next pick. So, who? this one's tough. So I have two categories left on my end, I believe. So I have Flex mm-hmm. and Sequel.
1: Wait, I, are you doing two next?
0: Uh, I did first, man. So I'm just do, I'm deciding what category to do next.
1: You've oh, so, this is, okay, yeah, so this is your
0: second one. so this is my second one. So okay, got I'm it. trying yeah. to see what you guys are looking at. And I'm yeah. this is... I have one. Hey, Green Book
2: is still on the table. If you really want it,
0: it, it may, I, I already
1: used. I can't. I can't do it. I it may. I, know.
0: I may. I may have to put Bohemia Rhapsody in Flex. So I got to think about that a little bit, though. Oh. um Let me see. So for Flex, damn, it was a good year for horror too.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's why horror was one of my later picks. So there was a good depth amount of depth, depth there. I could yeah. pick from. All
0: right, so for Flex, I'm going A Quiet Place.
1: Damn. It. Oh, uh, that was that no. was in my list. That was my
0: next one. I uh. <laughs> I uh. was I was surprised no one picked it in horror so I was like, "You know what? Let me just throw it in flex." That I <laughs> I've seen I saw A Quiet Place Part 2 um a year and a half ago at this point. Yeah. Um and I remember watching A Quiet Place and uh a lot of people in the theater hated it. Because they were very disc- Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was walking. I am very. I'm the type of person. I'm a very. Um. I'm a very nosy individual. When I leave a movie, I just like to hear what people. What people are saying off the cuff, and the majority of people that when I left the theater were complaining about there was the the lack of dialogue. And I'm like, the fucking movie is called the quiet place. The trailer emphasizes, if you make noise, you will die. What the fuck else did you expect? So that was the, what I got from people that I was in theater with. When I talked to people that actually understood what the movie was trying to do. uh, I mean, it's, it's one of the most tense filled horror films I've ever seen. It is fantastic. Everything about it is fantastic. I would say, it, and I'll get your guys' takes in a second, but my I think the most tense-filled moment in that film is the pregnancy, when she's giving the baby. Yes. Would you guys agree to that? Definitely. The... Hunter... We lost Hunter again. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was just thinking he, about he it. Was re- I, I think Hunter was replicating A Quiet Place right now. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so... What you you were saying Hunter? You agree with that or do you have another scene in mind?
2: Um Let's see. All right, now are we good? You are good to go. I don't know what is going on here. It must must be a quiet place here. <laughs> okay, yes. It's, the pregnancy scene would be one the I don't want to say exactly what happens, but I'm, most people have seen the nail yeah. coming up. That oh, is definitely yeah. seen oh, that yeah. made me like that made me like tense up so much during that. So yeah.
0: So I will say from someone that saw a quiet place part 2. Mm-hmm. That there is a scene in part two that surpasses that.
2: Oh, great! I, I'll have to uh, go yeah, get a massage yeah. afterwards.
0: We. So I was I was lucky enough to be at the world premiere, and um, Krasinski talked about it after the screening, and he oh. was he was yeah everyone was there, man. It was like it would it literally. I I was one of the lucky ones because New York shut down the day after.
2: Mm, yeah.
0: So I I. Sp- Whatever we saw it and Krasinski talked about that exact scene and how he wanted to create a level of tension that mirrored the first one. And while the second one is excellent, I think it's on par with the first one. That scene, man, it just I can't wait to watch it again. I wanna go to a theater to watch it with with just a normal crowd just to see what they react to that specific scene we'll come back on here and we'll talk about it. Uh, you guys will know when you see it exactly what scene that is. But yeah, Quiet Place. Emily Blunt is fantastic. She actually won the SAG for for yeah. uh for Quiet Place, which is very inspired of them. So Quiet Place is my flex. Alex, right. we're handing it over back to you since I took your your pick here.
1: Yes, you did. You did. I had to kind of kind of look for another one here, He's but pivoting some- here. Shane Black's the Predator. No, I'm just joking, guys. I, joking. I literally was typing your pick down. <laughs> you can take <laughs> you it. You can take I was
0: Because I'm typing everyone's pick down. I'm okay. like, okay, he wants the Predator. We're good to go then. No,
1: no, no, all right, no, no. If Alex no, wants no, to joking, lose, I'm he joking. can take the Predator. Um, no. Um, in all seriousness, I'm going to go for a very underappreciated blockbuster here. 360 or, I'm, sorry, 460 mil at the box office. Okay. I'm going to go with Bumblebee.
0: Nice. So Bumblebee is
1: actually, it made my top 10 of the year. It was number 10. And I it's by far, I don't think it's even close, the best Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. I think by far it has the best heart. Um, it's just the emotional core for that film. It's so close to me. And it feels like kind of like an 80s kind of movie, like an 80s kind of coming of age film or like early 90s, that type of thing. Kind of like the Iron mm-hmm. Giant
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: or any of the, like, and it just felt so kind of, the vibe of it really kind of... I thought it was very refreshing compared to the last six, uh, six right, Transformers five, movies? Five. Uh, I, don't five. Think, I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: so what you're saying is you don't like Michael Bay.
1: I love Michael Bay. No, <laughs> oh. I do But um, yeah, but Bumblebee, it's such a refreshing film. I think Haley Steinfeld is the best. She did the best job of anybody, like in actually the human, char- human characters in any of the other Transformers movies. And like like Shay LaBeouf or Mark Wahlberg. I thought she was great. I thought the actual I thought the villains were also really good. Like you have the two the two Transformers where the villain, villains I I don't know their names off the top of my head. And then the first scene of Bumblebee is Bumblebee is totally badass. It's one of the best first scenes of any film that came out that year. It's so awesome just seeing Cybertron and kind of like the actual like character designs from the cartoon was so cool like you had Soundwave, and you had the the, um the i think it was like the robot dog like that came out of his chest and you had the sound you know what i'm talking about Mm. oh my god i got chills um i think it's a great movie so i'm going bumblebee for my blockbuster film yeah i
0: the way i look at it is it's if uh john hughes directed a transformers film
1: yes oh Yeah.
0: yeah
2: yeah it's it's i mean i haven't seen it because i hate transformers movies and also I'm just not a huge fan of transformers so even if bumblebee was on for best picture i still would have been hesitant to watch <laughs> it but i've heard it's good so i will i will yeah I, will my, with, I,
0: I, I i'm with you i hate the transformers franchise i mean uh i just hate michael bay i think i like Well, that too i like the rock and i like i, I don't
1: even I, like the rock actually
0: I, i'm okay mm-hmm. with pain and gain and that's about it i don't and the only reason I'm okay with Pain and Gain is because I give The Rock a pass on any single movie he does except Baywatch. <laughs> um, all right. Hunter, you are up.
2: All right. I right. Um, let's see. I got a flex. Well, okay. So both of you picked a comedy musical. I guess I don't think he'll pick it left. So I got me, I'm going to use my flex category here. All right. I'm going to take it on uh, Alex. You mentioned it earlier for score. It is Barry Jenkins. If Beale Street could talk. Great movie. I I saw it. It was. I mean, it's probably the most beautiful movie, and like, with the score and with the cinematography and everything. It's just a really good mood of a movie, but also tells a really great story. So it is. It's an excellent follow up to Moonlight. Uh, a little more period. A little more. I don't want to say uh, generic compared to Moonlight, but it is Barry Jenkins giving a you know a novel really good adaptation.
0: Yeah, I'm curious because. I love Moonlight. I love If Beale Street. I'm curious to see if he can when his he does his first original, to see what he does.
2: Yeah, yeah. It is weird also too that he is now gonna direct the Lion King sequel. It's terrible.
1: For, yeah. It's terrible. It's, was, so ra- it's so random. It's.
2: I was I was sitting there. I was like, well, they got the best person for the job because you know Barry Jenkins is great. But also, I want to see Barry Jenkins do something else to the Lion King. But at the same time, hey, Barry Jenkins, go make ten million dollars. Good for you. Yeah. Buddy. Good for him. You know? Yeah. It's the way I feel yeah. about
0: Ryan Coogler. I mean, I know he has he does great stuff, but hey, keep making keep making Black Panther movies, and you'll be good to go. Yeah.
2: I was like, hey, if anyone deserves to go make twenty million dollars in the Lion King movie, all that Barry Jenkins do that. That's fine.
0: Oh yeah. All right. It's not and like then... Moonlight
2: is making mansions here.
0: No, not at all. It's funny you look at it. I mean, for the small cinephile circles, Moonlight's still revered, but five years later, I I see more people talk about Lala La Land than you do. Oh yeah, Moonlight.
1: Not just cinephiles, but within, at least for coming from film, I'm at film school at the moment, Moonlight is up there with some of the most influential. I mean, not particularly for myself, mm-hmm. but in terms of like generally, Moonlight, I, I, a numerous, numerous amount of my, like, numerous professors have recommended Moonlight. I mean, I don't know why they think nobody has seen the film, everyone's <laughs> seen Moonlight, but regardless. This um, underrated gem I mean, that's out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I they they revere it because um not just it's very aesthetically pleasing, but also it tells a story that's very unique and very socially relevant. Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, and then Hunter, you are back with comedy, right? This is your Back last... with
2: comedy is my very last one. Comedy <sighs> I had a good amount. So yeah, I... green book? Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, I am I was torn for a long time. Fifty fifty between these two. I am gonna go with wes anderson's isle of dogs nice in comedy yeah i was either that or the death of stalin and i was i was like oh that's interesting it was it was one of those i'm i really like isle of dogs It is a great stop motion uh animated one It is wes anderson down to a t and is just so stylistically and aesthetically pleasing to watch which i know you can describe every wes anderson movie like that but this is one of
0: them. Yeah, I'm surprised since comedy is pretty much over for all of us and no one went with Blockers or Game Night. I've, I mm-hmm. thought those would be... Since there's game her, Night's a
1: good movie. I yeah. haven't seen Blockers. Blockers
0: is fun. John Cena's pretty over I, the top on it. I enjoy Blockers.
1: I, I still think um, Jesse Clemens deserved an Oscar nomination. For Game Night? For yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is great. <laughs> he was great. absolutely awesome.
0: He's fantastic. And yeah, I Love Dogs is great. I think Wes has his niche with uh, animated films like that and Fantastic Mr. Fox are fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. Alex, take it away. You have
1: one more, right?
2: Final pick.
1: I do, and it's the most uh, tumultuous pick I shouldn't have, maybe I shouldn't have gone With my sequel for last Saved it for last, because you guys took all the good ones That's the thing,
2: there's not a ton one. Well, sequel... if you know me
1: for a long time If you are on the League of Cinephiles And you're hearing this, you probably know what I'm gonna pick And if you do, you're gonna groan Because I talk about it all the time It's super underappreciated mm-hmm. That is going to be, of course The 2018 Halloween Damn,
0: that was my Yikes. pick You literally were gonna take my pick That was my sequel pick as well <laughs>
1: Yeah, so now we're even. Now we're even because you took A Quiet Place. Now now we're even, Dave.
2: <laughs> wow. So let's oh, talk- He took uh, the better one in terms of <laughs> the two movies. He took a much better one.
0: Let's talk about <laughs> it.
1: Okay, so the 2018 Halloween. So should I say it? I guess I will. I think it's better than the original. <laughs> I do. I think it's all right. So original. make sure
2: make sure everyone who votes listens to this because they hear that. <laughs> no, they no, vote no. For you. I, I'm banking on that. I'm banking on
0: <laughs> that. I I, I want to know. I you, uh, Halloween's my favorite horror film of all time. So you're okay. gonna have to like yeah. well, bring me in. I,
1: here. I actually want you to explain to me because other than the actual, I, I guess some of the film make it – wh- mm-hmm. Why do you think the original Halloween? Because I'm ha- why do you think it separates itself itself from other slasher films? Cool. Because to me, it just seemed like an actual like a normal slasher film. All
0: right. So for me, Halloween one. And, and I, I, You can look at both Halloween 2 and Halloween 1 and you can kind of look at them as one, one book together and yeah. you see the first chapter which is Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. Halloween 2 is what I consider the first traditional slasher film. What I think Carpenter is trying to do with Halloween 1 and what works for me so well is that Michael Myers is not the villain of Halloween for me. For me Halloween, what, he, what he's trying to say in terms of the themes is that he the personification of evil is everywhere. What what really, really? works Yeah, so what works for me and what symbolizes that from is the end of the film. So you have the end of the movie where, you know, they shoot Michael off the what the ledge, he disappears. And what you see next is the score playing and you hear Michael breathing, but you're taken to every location he was in throughout the entire film, which shows that no matter what, no matter if you shoot this guy down, that evil is everywhere. So I've always looked at Halloween as that rather than just a cliche. I'm going to stab you. I'm going to stab this person. The reality is only three people got killed in Halloween and Halloween one.
1: So, okay, that's fine, then. so So while you look
0: so wait let me l- let me just finish up so halloween 2018 i like a lot i'm not gonna sit here and say i don't like a, i don't like it i do like it but mm-hmm. there are certain aspects of halloween 2018 that just don't work for me number one poor man's dr loomis
1: okay that's the one thing i'll give to you oh
0: i'm not that done. Twist is bad. i'm not that done twist yet bad. oh i'm not done <laughs> so number two the school dance scene feels like the in the personification of a horror trope to get one person from point a to point b you you have this person drop her phone or the boyfriend drops her phone in that and whatever she drops it in to get to have her not have a phone the rest of the movie it's a trope that's been used so many times before in a horror film or not just a horror film in any film as a whole i didn't that didn't really work for me certain scenes that should have felt more terrifying for example the one where the babysitter. Or he comes out of the closet and he kills the babysitter And you have the little boy making all these jokes That's not where you should place those jokes Because it just doesn't work You're You're taking the terror out of that moment Which should be honestly terrifying Like That would be if in Halloween 1 Where Michael comes out of the closet And kills Bob You have a little kid saying, oh, shit, what the fuck? Or bullshit like that. (laughs) It takes away from the actual terror that you're trying to create. So that's kind of where my issues are with Halloween 2018. I personally liked it. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, if you're going to make this story, nothing about Halloween 2018 should have eliminated the the story. the events of Halloween two, the sister brother dynamic has zero indicate implication of them. You know, them not being brother and sister have zero implication to the story of Halloween, 2018. That's kind of where I'm at. I still enjoy it, but to say it's better than, than the first one is, woo. that's, that's as hot. Uh, let time.
1: me just, the reason I have a hot to, or a hard time buying the, the thing you brought up about the theme, the personification yeah. of evil Yep. Is that? I feel like you could apply that logic to a lot of horror films in which the villain is hard to beat. I mean, that it just seems like you could apply that to any movie where you know they think they killed the villain and then oh no, the villain's still alive. Mm. So that's that's why I have a hard time. I have a hard time kind of, kind of, kind of getting that. And I'll rewatch Helen. I'll rewatch it. I'll rewatch it. But slasher films in general just aren't for me necessarily. But you know, have, this one. It.
0: I have to sorry. ask though. What do you think about Psycho? Just curious.
1: 1960, of course. We're okay. not talking about the remake. No, because no, no, no. no. <laughs> I know we're talking Nobody's about talking remakes. about that. Oh, no. I don't know. But you, you... I love I love Psycho. Okay, um, cool. It's actually, I mean, it's probably my fourth favorite Hitchcock film, which says a lot more about yeah, how good as Hitchcock as is. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I love Rope. I love Rear Window. I love North by Northwest more, true. but those i like, that just says more about him. But regardless, Halloween 2018, because I, um, I think it's tremendous. I think the kills are great, and I, I know. I I mean, there are certain movies where I go and kind of expecting like what you said. You said that Halloween uh, 78 isn't like just some random guy stabbing people. Well, that's exactly kind of the reason I loved Halloween 2018 was because it was just a random guy just going ahead and stabbing people. Um, And I had a ton of fun with it. I thought that the scene in the bathroom was great, like where he like puts the hand, his hand on the on the stall door and like drops the teeth on the floor. I, lo- I thought I, that was pretty awesome.
0: I, I loved it when it was done in H two O twenty years before. <laughs>
1: okay, okay. Ooh. I I haven't seen that film. <laughs> but, um I also think uh Jamie Lee Curtis that this is I thought was, her performance was great. I thought it was better than mm-hmm. Her performance in the '78 version. I mean, her performance is good in that too. But I thought she was amazing in this, and she was incredibly badass. Uh, I thought that. What else is there to talk about? I mean, yeah, I, I, I uh, guys, I ran out of picks here. Halloween. I, I would have <laughs> picked. I would have picked something else here. Like, what else did you guys pick? What other sequel? Avengers: Infinity War. <laughs> but, but like Halloween, I still think is a solid movie. So.
0: I mean, I said I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I just. The the ho- better than Halloween one thing kind of like blew my mind. <laughs> there
2: you, I, you have to put you have to put an asterisk when you put this out to vote. It says Alex thinks this is better than the original. So <laughs> no, no, no. Shh. So they have to know that they have to know.
0: Oh no! Look, there is I I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to blow up anyone's spot. But there is someone, and I refuse to ever have a conversation of, with them about this. That thinks the Rob Zombie Halloween is the best in the franchise.
2: Hmm. I have not. I have not seen that one either. Don't, don't. I don't, I not don't, that I've don't ever heard know. any reason to see it.
0: You, you don't I need don't, to. You don't need to.
1: Do I? Is it worth my time to see any Rob Zombie film? Uh,
0: if I no, but if, <laughs> but if you want to give some a shot, probably Devil's Rejects and uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. That's about it. I I mean Halloween. If Halloween two. He, so essentially what he does is Halloween 1 is an origin story of Michael as a kid for the first hour, and then the last 45 minutes is the actual remake of the original Halloween. Halloween 2, his 2009 sequel, is a completely original story, which, credit to him for trying something, it just doesn't work for me. I know a lot of people that really enjoy that Halloween 2009 sequel, but it's just... It's all over the fucking place. I just don't like Rob Zombie as a director. So that's, that's, I'm not mm. someone that's going to sit there and be like, hey, you know, let me see the next zombie movie. And then I just wrote an article for the site that he's remaking the Munsters, which is, uh, <laughs> that's sure. going to be something interesting. Um. So yeah, Halloween twenty eighteen. I can't wait to see your take. I I think we should do a podcast on Psycho ninety eight. Cause can't. Cu- <laughs> curious to see your take on that.
1: I I, I, will, I like Gus Van Sant. That's as far as I'll go.
0: Yeah. It's it's a tough. Uh. It's a tough one. I I I watched that for the first time since ninety eight last October, and it is not it at all. Um. All right. So for sequel for me, so I have a few choices here. I can go. Oh man. So the Incredibles two.
1: Wait, was it Infinity War your sequel? Or was no, that, your blockbuster? that was my
0: blockbuster.
2: Uh,
1: oh, blockbuster. interesting.
2: Yeah, he's on his very final pick here. The very final pick of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. Good
1: luck with that. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I gotta make... So if I'm going Mr. Irrelevant here, should I go with Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again? <laughs> No, people really see. like that oh story. my god i i they do i was at, my wife is like obsessed with it and we went to the theater to see it and it was like a giant party everyone was like singing yeah. and all that fun stuff <laughs> i i did enjoy it more than the first one but that is not my pick um i don't like deadpool 2 uh let me see you know what i actually like this movie a lot more than people give it credit for i'm gonna my sequel's creed 2
2: creed um, 2 that one's, that's a good <laughs> sequel that is a good movie
0: I fully expected Creed II to be one of those movies that was going to be a formulaic Rocky movie that wouldn't have the same – it doesn't have the same depth as Creed, but I think it still does channel a lot of the emotions of the first one. Like just dealing with the fact of Adonis dealing with his daughter being deaf or Mm. just the relationships of Rocky – and his son you have that barrier that's created well not that that linkage that's created since rocky babo with his son and their on and off relationship and the way that movie ends really hits home i hope that would be the last one in the franchise but unfortunately that will not be the last one in the franchise since we're getting another one but yeah i ran ran out of picks, so creed 2 is my final pick to finish <laughs> off the draft um this was fun, guys. I had a really good time doing this. Do you? the ne, The next step would be for us to do a draft auction style. Oh yeah! How many
2: points? How many dollars? Do you want to <laughs> so, wager? With 2017? So twenty seventeen. So so
0: next one. If we do a 2017 one soon, I think we will be doing a thousand dollar auction draft, and oh. we'll have and we will have to be fighting for these picks because either. So it's
1: like. So it's like, for example, I don't know, twenty nineteen, like the movie's End Game. So the starting bid is blank and then somebody else like, yeah, if yeah you so really want like Endgame? you buy it. it.
0: Yeah. So for example, like if we are doing 2019 as an example, and I, I have the number one pick and I say, I'm going to put $500 in for end game, which is half my funds. You could either challenge me and say, I will bet 560 or just let me have it at 500. Mm hmm.
2: We always do this in fantasy football. One of my friends, he's a Packers fan. We always bid Aaron Rodgers up to the max. We're like, if you want Aaron Rodgers, you got to pay you for gotta it. You got
1: to earn Aaron Rodgers. You, you got to pay it. for
0: it. I'm a, I'm a Packers fan too, and I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't have done that. But this year, it worked
2: out probably, right? Yo, yeah, that's true. It would have helped
1: out. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I, I guess this isn't movie-related going into fantasy football territory, but I'm looking for a dual-threat quarterback this year. I mean, um, I had Justin Herbert last year. Don't get me wrong. Justin Herbert's a beast. I but picked these still up. These two threats quarterbacks are getting too OP right now. I, I I'll take double the points with the so my boy Jalen Hurts. Oh yeah. For him.
0: All right. You so so we can continue our fantasy football talk in one second. <laughs> but, un- <laughs> but thanks for joining, guys. This was a great time. You will see the draft up for voting for 24 hours, and then the winner will be announced after that. Great draft, guys. And until then, enjoy the Oscars. See you at the movies. <music>